You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 167. And admittedly, this is kind of my in case of emergency break glass episode of the show. We're talking Bart versus the Space Mutants. And this is not an earth shattering game, it's not a cult classic. Frankly, it's not even very good, but if you've listened to the podcast with any regularity, you probably know this was one of my go-to games when I was a kid. We owned it. I played the fuck out of this game when I was little. I've talked about it a hundred times over the years here on the show, and I figured it's just time to give it the spotlight and give it its own podcast. I was uh, a huge Simpsons fan back in the glory days of that show. I also loved my NES, and I played this game so much despite... Maybe I knew it wasn't very good, but like, well, we were stupid kids. We didn't know if a game was good or not, or maybe we just, maybe we knew. We just didn't care. We just played what we had, right? It was kind of beautiful in its own way. We've talked about this before. So this was one of those games for me. My mom clearly just got it for me for Christmas because Bart was on the cover. 
and I, to this day, I've played through it all the time. If you go on my YouTube channel, there's a Let's Play of it. And I go right from beginning to end. I can beat this game. I really can. I'm proud of that. So this is a very nostalgic game for me. I know it like the back of my hand, which is why getting back to, I said that this was my case of emergency break glass podcast. That's what this is. Uh, I have some episodes of Remember the Game set up to record over the next few weeks, and we're going to be fine. But we just have not had a chance to, to, to bank one in the last week or two. It's just been fucking wild here. So I'm rolling solo this week. I'm, I'm going to hog the spotlight. I'm going to go all by myself and just talk about a special game from my childhood and one of the very first Simpsons video games, Bart versus the Space Mutants. And unfortunately, while this was one of the first Simpsons games, it didn't really get much fucking better. So we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of something that really just doesn't seem to be getting any better, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intro's a little long, but they're not boring. They're not, it's not, you know, they're not shit. I, I take pride. In the number of people who tell me that our intro doesn't totally suck. That's that's nice. You like to hear stuff like that. It doesn't completely suck. So give it a chance and see. Uh, we have merch. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, tank tops, all kinds of cool stuff. Rocking dope-ass art. John, bye-bye man. Joe, you can find Joe at 4545creative.com. He's really, really talented motherfucker. And you can find our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It's a great way to support the show. We have gaming mashup stuff. We have Remember the Game exclusive stuff. We have our Console War veteran t-shirt that's going big. Our Never Forget Sega Dreamcast design is going really well with $9999 recently passing. So you can find that stuff over there. And of course, if you don't like clothes, you can always just support us on the old Patreon box. And listen, before I get into my Patreon plug, just if you're hearing this on Wednesday or Thursday, if it's still September while you're hearing this, uh, and you're thinking, man, I really, maybe I will sign up and give this guy a couple of bucks and see what the Patreon hubbub is about. Wait, wait until October 1st, wait until Friday. Okay. Because Patreon charges you the day you sign up and then they charge you on the first of the month. So if you sign up on September 30th, you're going to get hit twice in 24 hours. Okay. I can't get, just wait until October 1st and then you sign up and you get a whole month of perks. Our Patreon poll for the month is going live in the next couple of days or the first couple of days of October and just... You'll get a whole month. See, I'm not trying to rip you off that bad. I'm trying to be honest, okay? So for two bucks a month, two bucks a month, you get two podcasts every week in addition to Remember the Game. You get exclusive access to both my gaming news podcast, Game Patch, every Friday where I talk about all the biggest news in gaming right now. You also get access to my gaming discussion podcast, Expansion Pass, every Thursday. So you'll get a podcast every Thursday and every Friday for just two bucks a month. Uh, like I said, Game Patch, we just look at all the biggest news in modern gaming. I add my opinions and stuff like that. Expansion Pass is a different show every week. We do rankings. We look back on characters, games, consoles, genres. We do some comedy episodes. This past week on Expansion Pass, we talked about our gaming comfort food. Just that game that you know like the back of your hand that you turn to whenever you just want to forget about the real world. It's, it's like an old pair of sweatpants, but for your thumbs. Uh, and as is becoming tradition on the intro here, here's a quick sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass. Uh, comfort gaming, we'll call it. Comfort gaming. Listen to this fucking pick. And I'm not, oh, I'm not coming down on you, Emily. I just, this, wow. Emily wrote in and said, punch out. On the NES, I've played that game so many times that I've memorized most of the patterns. And because of that, it's not especially challenging. It's more of a deep meditation. Not to mention the fact that it could be a great way to release some anger. Boss at work pissing you off? Suddenly Glass Joe bears a striking resemblance to said boss as I beat the crap out of him. Now, listen, everyone relaxes a different way. 
I can't even imagine relaxing with fucking Mike Tyson's punch out. But as if you may or may not know, if you don't know, I have an incredibly turbulent past with uh, uh, Soda Popinski in Mike Tyson's punch out. And to say that I'm that man's bitch would be an understatement. He has me on a leash and I do what he said. He owns me. Owns me. And I get like, oh, my asthma's bothering me just thinking about fucking playing punch out and having to fight goddamn Soda Popinski. I fuck, I hate him so much. And I have beat him, but I just, oh. So that was last week's episode, and now for this week, it's our final episode of the month, so the topic was in the hands of our community, and games that make you rage quit ran away with the poll this month. So that's what we're going to be getting into tomorrow. So again, two bucks gets you instant access to all those, plus new ones every Thursday and Friday, plus access to our Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month, the ability to submit comments for all of our podcasts, and you'll get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons, Justin Lemieux, Michael Spiro, Jonathan Graham, Brady Wolf, Mecca Robo Hamster, Navigant, Navigant, sorry, Michael Phillips and Brandon Griffith. I don't think I fucked too many of those up, but either way, whether I did, consider it a badge of honor if I did. Thank you so much and welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. Again, just wait until October 1st. I'm trying to be honest. I don't want anyone to get ripped off. Uh, I have a PO box. You can find the full address on our website, rememberthegamepodcast.com. Just shoot me a letter, something little, postcard. Let me know where you're listening. I'll send you one back. We'll be friends. And you can find me on Twitch. Look for Member the Game, not Remember. Look for Member the Game over on twitch.tv. I've turned down affiliate status. I'm not looking for your subs or your money. It's just a chance for me to hang out with you guys when I have time. And you can come by and give me a hard time. And it's lots of fun. All right? There's my plugs. That's So that'll do it. Uh, let's, let's get, fuck. How did I screw this up? I've done this 166 fucking times. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridge. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow. Our first blower this week is Matt McLean, who wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, when you play a new game in a series and you're presented with the option of easy, medium, or hard... Which one do you choose? Personally, I always go with the hardest difficulty. If I'm paying 80 bucks for a brand new game, I want to get my money's worth, and the satisfaction of finally beating a level that you've been stuck at is great. What option do you usually go with? Well, you know what, Matt? I This is a question that I've dreaded for 160-some episodes because I was like, everyone's going to boo me and stuff. I usually go whatever the default is. So the default is normal or medium. That's usually what I do, with the caveat of if I'm having too easy of time, then... I'll crank it up. I love games where you can change the difficulty mid-game. I understand why some games don't because it could fuck with trophies or achievements and stuff if you set it to easy, beat a boss, and crank it back up to hard or whatever. Um, But normally I go through on medium, and then if I really like it, then I go back on hard if I do another playthrough. The only time I usually look at maybe cracking up the difficulty is when I play retro style indie games you know like those ones that are already going to be tough because i just have a sick streak in me and i love that but i i do get game rage i do have gamer rage issues as some of you know angry adam he's been known to make an appearance from time to time while i'm playing my video games so i don't go to hard too often at least not on my first playthrough because i don't want to just end up rage quitting and losing my we're going to talk about that on expansion pass in 24 hours but uh yeah so I would say 75 to 80% of the time, I roll with whatever the default setting is. Medium, normal, whatever. Whatever it is, you know? There you go. So, 
But you play on hard, you sick bastard. I respect that. But you're a sick bastard, Matt. Gregory Harvey wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, a couple weeks ago you mentioned a board game called Axis and Allies. When you brought it up, it reminded me of watching my dad and his buddies playing it for hours and hours on the weekends. When I was in high school, I got to introduce it to a bunch of my buddies, and then we played it for hours and hours. Have you ever thought about doing an expansion pass ranking some of your favorite board games? Hmm... That's an interesting question, Gregory. I never really thought about that. I, I never, I don't know. Is that something? Like, keep in mind, like, I have not played, you're not going to get a fucking laundry list of, like, all these new, modern, like, oh, my God, it's going to be stuff like Monopoly. I love Monopoly. Fuck haters. Monopoly is the shit. Uh, is that, I don't know. Is that something that people would be interested in? I'll do that. I'll do an, uh, a rare episode of Expansion Pass where I talk board games instead. If that's something that would intrigue people. And truth be told, I've never actually played Axis and Allies. I know my brother plays the shit out of it. I've never played it. I do like Risk. Even though I don't think we've ever finished a game of Risk because it's always turned into a fight. But I've never played Axis and Allies. Maybe I will. Maybe we'll do like an episode about favorite board games. That would be a fun change of pace. I'll see. If, let me know. If you guys are interested in that, let me know. We could do that for an episode of Expansion Pass. Uh, Raging Demon wrote in and said, Hey, Andy, I missed out on commenting on Marvel vs. Capcom 2 Remastered, but this is a beloved game in the fighting game community, and a remaster is long, long overdue. It's still more fun than 3 and Infinite. If they remaster this and add crossplay and a great netcode, it'll dominate and have a lot of people hard and or moist. Fucking gross. Uh, not, <laughs> not gonna lie, I'm a little concerned about them messing with it a little too much, though. And Okay, so if you don't know what Demon's talking about on Game Patch this past week, we talked about how... The long-rumored remaster of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 uh, it appears to finally be at least in the infant stages of development. It looks like it might actually happen this time. I'm not a fighting game guy. I Demon is. Raging Demon's one of our, our go-to resident fighting nerds. Uh, and it seems like the overall consensus is the idea of a remaster of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 has people excited. Or as Raging Demon so eloquently put it, hard and or moist. That's fucking Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> fucking demon um and moist is i know moist is a word that bothers people it doesn't bother me i just i think of like mclean or mccain's cake like deep and delicious moist cake i think of like a nice piece of cake when i think of the word moist crusty that's the word that fucking bothers me that it, ugh, that's fucking gross anyway uh yeah I, I think a lot of people are excited about a demon so i hope it actually happens and it's i do get your concern with them messing with it a little too much because i think anytime one of your favorite games gets remastered you get nervous i was terrified about that with final fantasy 7 remake which I guess is more than a remaster. That was a full-blown remake. But either way, I was worried they were going to fuck with that, and it turned out awesome. So just have faith. Have faith, demon. Have faith. Uh, Backdraft, Backdraft Delta, I like that name, wrote in and said, Just got to say thank you for making work a little more enjoyable. The humor that is brought into these podcasts I relate with because most of the time I've been there. I know the rage, the frustration of the retro gaming experience. I was never a controller chucker. I just never had the chuck skills like Michelangelo did. With all that being said, what is your favorite villain toy of the original series of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Whoa! That's tough. I guess if you're newer to the podcast and don't know, I'm a bit of a Ninja Turtles freak. I'm kind of a junkie. My favorite toy from the original series. So it might be cheating, but my first, if, if it's got to be a villain, even if it's not a villain, actually, it might have to be the Technodrome, the giant original old school Technodrome with that big eye on top. Because I had that thing and thought it was like the greatest fucking toy in the entire world. So I'll say the Technodrome, but if that's cheating and it needs to be an individual character, uh, you know, oh, you know what? I, I mean, there's Slash, 
There's Bebop and Rocksteady, who I fucking adore. I think I have to go with Baxter Stockman as the fly. I've always, I know that he's not a physical threat, but I've always thought fly Baxter Stockman from like the 87 cartoon was like the coolest looking enemy in the world. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, maybe that's not a popular choice, but I'm going to go with Baxter Stockman. But that said, God, I would love to collect those toys. They're just, I saw a bunch of those at the Calgary Expo when I was there hosting that panel a few weeks ago. They are not fucking cheap, and I am. So there's the, that's the, there's your road of impasse right there, is I'm cheap and they aren't. Uh, thanks, Backdraft. I appreciate the kind words, man. I'm glad you're digging the show. Uh, Noob Q wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, will you ever review a game from the Ghosts and Goblins series? I feel like we would all enjoy your take on those hard-ass games. Thanks. Uh, you know what, dude? I've never played ghosts and goblins and it's been on our patreon poll a couple of times it's never come out on top i know they're notoriously difficult i've never made like a a conscious effort to decide to avoid them i just have never they've never found their way onto my screen for some weird reason um but yes you know what i'll go as far as to not say yeah at some point probably yes absolutely because i want to see what all the hubbub is about with those games so at some point i will i'm just worried i won't be able to get far enough into the fucking game to give you guys a decent review of it. But at some point, yes, I'm going to talk Ghosts and Goblins. And Vigo the Butch, we're almost done here in this segment. Vigo the Butch wrote in and said, what are your hopes slash expectations for Ghostbusters Afterlife? Seeing that Jason Reitman is, is it Reitman or Reitman? I think it's Reitman. But either way, seeing that Jason Reitman is directing, I think it'll be good blend of homages to the original and some fresh takes on the lore. So if you don't know, Jason's father, Ivan, uh, directed the original Ghostbusters. Uh, and so there, if, yeah, I guess if by chance you don't know, there's a new Ghostbusters movie coming out in November. Uh, I won't lie to you, Vigo. 99% of the time, I'm not a huge movie guy. Many of you know that. So I usually don't even have expectations for movies. But I have been waiting for another good Ghostbusters movie since Ghostbusters 2. Because don't get me started on fucking 2016 or whatever that movie was. God, I hate that fucking movie. Um, and so I will lie to you. I, I've tried to temper my expectations for this one, but I can't. I'm, I have high... I expect this movie to deliver. I think it's going to deliver. I think it's going to be awesome. My only big qualm with this movie is that they weren't able to get it done while Harold Ramis was still alive, which is Egon. So Egon won't be in the flick. It's I, as far as I'm aware, everybody else is making cameos, but uh, Egon is, has passed away. Uh, so I wish that they had done it back when he was still alive, so that they all could be in it. But no, I am fucking hella excited for this movie. This and Venom Two are. I cannot wait for either of those. Venom Two, I'll have seen by the time you guys get the next episode of this. Fuck, I hope it's good. But I think I'm even more excited for Ghostbusters Afterlife than I am Venom Two. God, I want Ghostbusters to be good, please. I feel like it could either like it could either like reinvent the series and they could keep going, or this could be it. If this movie sucks, that might be it for Ghostbusters. But I just don't call me an optimist, but I just don't think it's gonna suck. I just have faith this isn't gonna suck. So I'm excited. And I'm sorry if Jason Wright. I know I think it's Wrightman. Either way, doesn't matter. I'm sure I said it wrong. People yell at me. That's fine. Uh, and then finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. And uh, by far. The topic that got the most comments this week was about Nintendo 64 games coming to the Nintendo Switch. If you missed it, Nintendo announced last week at a Nintendo Direct that in October they are adding both Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games to the Nintendo Switch Online. They'll be at a higher price point. We don't know how much that'll be yet or when they're going to be released. We do know the games that are coming. There's some pretty good games in there. Now, normally I try to keep modern gaming news to my Game Patch podcast, but I understand that this is a big deal to retro gamers, and we seriously got probably half a dozen comments on it. So I just picked, I went with Dan S. So 
awesome. And thank you to everyone that wrote in. Um, but Dan S wrote in and said, I cannot believe we are finally getting Nintendo 64 games on the switch. I'm excited for some of the opening lineup, but I'm way more excited for when they start to shovel out the strange titles in a couple years. Give me battle tanks and maybe San Francisco rush. I love it. Cruising USA is the one that fucking came to my mind. I don't know why I played that stupid game so much. Uh, But yeah, so if you don't know, they're they're, they're adding a bunch of Nintendo 64 games right away. A few more are coming. The rumor forever had been Game Boy games were coming. And uh, then that didn't happen. Instead, Nintendo was like, at their Nintendo Direct, they're like, yeah, so also we have a new addition to Nintendo Online. And everyone was like, oh. And everyone's like, here comes the Game Boy games. And they were like, no, it's Nintendo 64 and Genesis. And I've had a few people write in and be like, yo, why are you excited about this? I thought you hated the Nintendo 64. I don't hate the Nintendo 64. I hate the controller more than I hate the, ge- the, the, the console itself. And listen, I don't think those games have necessarily aged all that well, but I grew up in that era. Like, I was 12, 13 years old when I got my hands on a Nintendo 64. I, I'm right in that pocket. I get it. I have nostalgia for it, too. Bet your asses I'm excited. Plus, there's games that I want to play for the podcast that now are much easier to get my hands on than they would be if I had to go buy a physical cartridge. So, uh, a couple people wrote in disappointed there's no Game Boy games, which I get, but I do think there's more, uh, and here's your one per episode, I do think there's more meat on the bone with the Nintendo 64 and the Genesis than there is with Game Boy. And I like the Game Boy too, but especially if Pokemon wasn't included, and I don't know if they would have been, Game Boy might have been kind of thin. So I think that's pretty rad. What really got my uh, my good eyes attention during that announcement of what Nintendo 64 games are coming to the Switch is that they said more games are coming down the road, and one of the ones that's coming is Banjo-Kazooie. If you don't know, Banjo was made by Rare. Rare now is owned by Xbox. Like, you can play Banjo-Kazooie on Game Pass on your Xbox right now. So that got me thinking, like, are we going to get more Rare games? Are we going to get Diddy or Donkey Kong 64? Is Diddy Kong Racing going to show up? Banjo-Tooie? Is Perfect Dark going to eventually make its way? I think all those eventually are going to find their way onto the Nintendo Switch. That's a huge fucking deal. That said, like, when you look at the Nintendo lineup outside of the Mario games and the Zelda games and stuff like that, and then you add in the Rare games, like the ones I just listed off, then it becomes a little bit like, so what else is there? You know, but like, I don't think we're ever going to get the wrestling games. There's too many licensing issues there. I want them as much as everybody else. I don't think we're ever going to get GoldenEye because I think there's too many licensing issues there. I don't want that one as bad as everyone else. Like, it'd be cool, but like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, I, I don't know if we'll get all those weird spinoff games because I don't know what it's like with licensing on some of those games. But I can think of some Tetris World I would love to get my hands. I think that's what it was called, Tetris World. I'd love to get my hands on that one. I'd love to get my hands on Cruising USA, even though it fucking kind of sucks. I'd still like to get my hands on it. Uh, I wonder if Smash Brothers shows up. The original Nintendo 64 Smash Brothers shows up at some point. Uh, I'm excited by this. I think this is a really big deal. So I'm interested to see if they remap the controller. Like if you like, I played Mario 64 on the 3D All-Stars collection with my Pro Controller, and it was awesome. And I was like, dude, this is like, if I don't have to use the Nintendo 64 controller, I'm fucking all over this. So I'm hoping that they've remapped the buttons in these to at least put the C-stick on the right analog stick. Otherwise, I don't know how they're going to run. I know they're selling those wireless controllers too, but I don't really have any interest in buying one of those controllers. I'd rather play it with my Pro Controller or my 8-Bit Do. So I'm hoping that's the case. Um, But no, I I agree with most of you. I'm also excited about these Nintendo 64 games. Uh, Yeah. Oh, dude, Bomberman. Fuck, please. 
I know that a lot of people probably don't like it, but I fucking love Bomberman 64. So please fucking give us Bomberman 64. There's just so many games that I thought were just dead that we're never going to fucking see again. And now there's like a light at the end of the tunnel where it's like, maybe we will fucking get some of these again. So yeah, I'm excited about it, man. Give me, oh dude. And like, well, no, I was going to say Army Man Sarge's Heroes, but that game sucks. I owned that game as a kid and I played it quite a bit, but I know it fucking sucks. I don't, I don't want that fucking I don't want that game. Oh, and like, but for all of you that are like, give me these garbage, give me these weird little titles that are the shovel titles that I can't wait for. They're fucking coming. I'll bet your asses. They did it with the NES. They did it with Super Nintendo. They're fucking coming. But I don't think we're going to see 64 games rolled out with like a, a bunch of regularity. Like, I mean, like off the top, we're getting like Ocarina of Time, Mario Kart 64, Mario 64. Um, what else is in that original lineup? Either one of Mario Tennis or Mario Golf is in there. I think Yoshi is in there. Like, they're big. Like, these aren't small games. Like, we're going to get some beefy games out of this. So, and then everyone's wondering how much it's going to cost. I'm, nobody knows. Nintendo hasn't announced it as of the time I'm recording this. I'm predicting that it'll cost, it'll, it'll be, they'll add another 20 bucks a year. That's my prediction. And I know some people are going to bitch about that. Still a good price, guys. These games are eight bucks Canadian on the virtual console. So for the price of less than three of them, I could upgrade and get all of them with online. It's just, I don't understand. We're not going down this rabbit hole again. I just don't understand. If you don't like it, don't order it. I like it. I think it's a great value. Oh, dude, Dr. Mario 64 is in there. I never played that. I can't wait to play that. So I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. You want another 20, 30 bucks? Fucking take it. Give me these games. I don't give a shit. I'm excited. So... Uh, thank you to everyone that wrote in this week is very much appreciated. Sorry. I couldn't get all your Nintendo 64 comments. We could have done an entire podcast just about that. Uh, let's change things up and let's get into our smash hit segment. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third is erased from time forever. As always, there are no wrong answers. There is a right one. We'll get to that in just a minute. And there's actually a lot of wrong answers this week, too, which I'll fucking address you cheating sons of bitches uh we're talking simpsons this week with bar versus the space mutants so i went with three retro simpsons titles that i would say range from meh to fucking awful and that is bart versus the world bart's nightmare and virtual bart remember when that show was all about bart those were the days uh admittedly actually no it got better when it was all about homer but then homer is now the worst part of the show but okay anyway um admittedly your big choice this week should be which one you can remake because you could basically make one of these games good and then which one do you want to suffer through and which one do you want to get rid of forever and with 41 percent of the vote runaway the popular choice appears to be play bart versus the world remake bart's nightmare and erase virtual bart and believe it or not that is not what i would do none of these games are great so i based my order entirely on which one i want to see remade the most so let's see what a few of you had to say here and then i'll explain my logic and listen a whole bunch of you motherfuckers had to get your little troll comments in this week your little ah these all suck erase them all or these all need to be remade let's make adam angry and have him yell at all of us and then you all giggle in your fucking treehouse while you lick batteries. And that's not fucking happening this week. I'll get a couple of your troll comments out of the way right now. Andrew Wright said, play Krusty's Funhouse, remake Simpsons Hit and Run, erase these three heaping piles of shit. 
doubled secret probation. Brian Ransom wrote in and said, well, I've never played or heard of any of these and I've never made Adam mad. So by Lucifer's beard, it's time to get his blood boiling. Erase everything Bart related from all video games, all merchandise and all shows. Adam, if you decide to read this, just remember, don't have a cow, man. <laughs> Brian, you want to erase Bart from all shows. So you want to kill Simpsons permanently. That's like, you should just, I should refund your Patreon. I should just be like, get the fuck, get the fuck out of my house. And they're like, fuck you guys. Like, Frosty Feet wrote in, 492, erase all of them and play Hit and Run because that's the only Simpsons game that anyone should have to play. That's the point of the show is you get to remake one into a good game and that's just a sample. Fucking, there was people in there naming off fucking Echo the Dolphin and shit. There's people saying remake all three and Echo the Dolphin. All that, that fucking dolphin. I've been typecast with that fucking dolphin. And it's just, you're all banished to Monster Island. Every single one of you. And don't worry, it's just a name. Shout out to anyone that gets that reference because it's actually a peninsula. Shout out to anyone that gets that reference, okay? Fortunately, some of you have a little bit more respect for the proud traditions of the sacred parchment here at Remember the Game Industries. A sharp J wrote in and said, ugh. Okay, so I'll play Bart vs. the World because it was the best out of the three and the one I actually owned as a kid. Remake Virtual Bart because with some polish, all the mini games would actually make great cell phone time wasters and would work better on a touchscreen. And then erase Bart's Nightmare. Hopefully this horrible game will be erased from my mind after I type this. Now, I'm not going to get mad at you, Sharp J, because you played by the rules, but I'll say, in my opinion, Bart's Nightmare is far and away the best of these three titles. But that's just... That's just me. I do agree that the tomato throwing in Virtual Bart would make a great mobile game. I would pay 99 cents for that on mobile, actually. Uh, Michael Phillips said, play Bart versus the world because I've never played it. I respect that. Remake Bart's Nightmare. I had this for the Genesis and had fun playing it, even though it was extremely hard. I could never beat the Indiana Jones type level or any of the second parts of the other levels. And then erase Virtual Bart. I feel like it's just a collection of mini, of mini games like Mario Party. There's not much of a plot and getting rid of it would not affect the franchise at all. I would argue that getting rid of any of these games wouldn't affect the fucking franchise at all. Uh, but I respect the logic. And Virtual Bard is by far the worst of these three games. Doesn't mean I'm going to erase it, but I can totally understand the logic of that. Uh, Yankee Doodle Randy wrote in and said, play Virtual Bart. Practice mode is a nice feature where you can select a level. I still have fun throwing tomatoes and eggs on picture day. Yeah, but that's the only game that's fun. I love that game too, but fuck. Uh, remake Bart's Nightmare, one where you don't have to walk around forever looking for homework paper. I'd love to see the levels updated with today's technology. And then Erase Bart versus the World, they took the clunky controls from Space Mutants and somehow made it worse. This is the coolest concept of the three games for me, but after some thought, I chose to erase it. This game is so bad that it has to go. I, I gotta be honest with you, dude. I actually, other than playing Virtual Bart, I, I can get on board with all your logic there. Uh, having to look for the paper in Bart's Nightmare does suck. And I do think Bart versus the world is the coolest concept of the three. So I can get on board with all of that. Morgan said, remake Bart's Nightmare. This game was really quirky, difficult, and strangely fun. It'd be nice to see better graphics and better gameplay. Play Bart versus the world and erase the Sega game because it's a Sega game. Shots fired. Now I will say, unfortunately, this wasn't just a Sega game. I just, being a Nintendo fanboy, I might have been like, oh, there's the Genesis copy of Virtual Bart. Let's fucking throw that in there just to make the Genesis. I threw a little shade. I'll be honest. I threw a little shade by including that one. And it worked. <laughs> it worked. And DNA Gaming said, uh, I've only ever played Bart versus the world out of all these, so I guess I'll play that one. I'll erase Virtual Bart because your review made it sound pretty poor. And then I'll remake Bart's Nightmare because why not? Really, though, I wish we could just remake all three of these to be good. You know what? I... So here's the thing. I would also love to remake all three 
And I play by my own rules. If I set a rule in place, I follow it. I would love to just remake all three of these games and just make all of them not suck. Because with stuff like Simpsons Hit and Run and stuff like The Simpsons Game, The Simpsons Game was a surprisingly decent video game. I really feel like they could make good games out of these now if they wanted to. So I would also like to remaster all three of these and make them all good or remake all three of these, part of me. But I follow the rules just like you did. Thank you to everyone that wasn't a cheating scallywag like those crumb bums off the top. Uh, I went with 11% of you in the poll. Uh, and I don't feel like there's a wrong choice this week besides being a cheating son of a bitch. Uh, but I went with what 11% of you said, including Mecha Robo Hamster, who wrote in and said, okay, I haven't played any of these. So naturally, I asked my girlfriend to choose. She said, remake Virtual Bart because she grew up playing it and would like to see it with a fresh coat of paint. Play Bart's Nightmare because she never finished it. And erase Bart versus the world because, well, she didn't play it. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the logic. But I do agree 100% with the order. I personally would play Bart's Nightmare because it is the best of the bunch. I played it a ton on the Super Nintendo. And outside of the main hub screen where you have to walk around aimlessly looking for sheets of paper to jump on, if you've not played it, I know that sounds stupid, but it makes more sense than just about anything else in that video game. Aside from that, I don't think Bart's Nightmare is that bad. I think it's an okay video game. It's the meh. On the meh to absolutely awful scale, it's meh. So I'll play Bart's Nightmare. This one might surprise everybody. I'm going to remake Virtual Bart. Uh, and I know I ripped that game a new ass in the episode we recovered it. And I'm telling you, that game fucking sucks. That game deserved to have its ass ripped. But I think that remaking it into an actual VR game where you could go around Springfield and actually interact with everyone and they have all the voice actors and everything, I think that could be fucking... That would make me want to get a VR setup. If you made Virtual Bart and I actually got to like see Springfield through the eyes of virtual reality. So that's my remake suggestion. And then I'm going to race Bart versus the world because it, it's like, I can't remember which one of you said it, but it basically, they just took Bart versus the space mutants and put it on a new skin. And I don't think it's as good as Bart versus the space mutants. So I have Bart versus space mutants. I don't need Bart versus the world. I'm good. Plus if I had to fight one, I'd rather fight space mutants than the world. That's just plain and simple. So thank you to everyone that wrote in and played this week. I appreciate it. What have I been playing over the last uh, seven days? Actually, quite a bit. And then we'll get into Bart vs. the Space Mutants. Uh, Final Fantasy. So if you don't listen to any of my other podcasts, uh, which again are available on Patreon, I had to get that last plug in there. Um, I've been home, not kind of sick for a couple of days. I basically just took the weekend and hunkered down and played video games. And uh, I played, dude, I probably put 10, 10 hours into Final Fantasy X this past weekend and finished it. It's done. It's over. Fucking finished. Uh, I'm letting it percolate. I have some things about it I really, really like. I have some things about it I really fucking hate. We are going to be doing an episode about it probably sometime in October. And uh, I know it's kind of one of our more anticipated episodes. So it's coming. We are going to talk Final Fantasy X now. Not only am I excited to talk about it on the show, but I'm just excited to be done it. I'm just such a casual RPG fan and they just take so fucking long. I was like, I'm not playing another RPG maybe for the rest of this year. Maybe I'm just going to take a few months off and play some more action-y games. Which, speaking of, I've been playing Deathloop on my PS5. And I mentioned it last week, how I was starting to get into it. I'm full, like, balls deep in it now. It's fucking excellent. Um, the My review and my final thoughts on it are going to come down to how it all wraps up, which I'm interested to see. But uh, you will be getting a review episode of that probably not by next week. I don't know if I'll have time. If not by next week, then by the week after that. I'll be dropping a spoiler-free review slash spoiler cast. I do a little bit of both on Expansion Pass. Uh, of Deathloop. And then I've also been playing Diddy Kong Racing on my Nintendo 64 for the first time ever because it won our Patreon poll this month. I'm in the middle of playthrough right now. Uh, it's great. 
Dude, this has been a great week. I've been having a hard time getting into video games lately. But this past week, between finishing Final Fantasy X, getting all the way into Deathloop, and then finally dipping my toe into the Diddy Kong racing pool, I've had a great weekend of just playing video games. And it's just been so much fun. All three games have been fun. Like, it's... I have some criticisms, particularly of Final Fantasy X, but it's not bad by any stretch. And I had a great time with all three of the games I've been playing this past week. And we're just getting into the busiest time of season, so it's going to get fucking nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. So, yeah. Um, that's it. Oh, and I've been playing Picross because I love Picross. But that's basically what I've been playing. Final Fantasy X, Deathloop, Diddy Kong Racing. Let's talk Bart versus the Space Mutants. That's why you nerds are here. I like to give some of you a chance to sound off yourselves before I ramble on my own for a little while. And uh, a couple of your comments about Bart versus the Space Mutants. S2S wrote in and said, Oh my God, I love this game. It was so fucking hard. The controls were garbage, but it was one of the only games I had. So I worked at it until I was able to finish it. I had so much trouble with that stupid T-Rex boss in level four. I got so angry that I actually wrote a letter to a claim. I think it was a claim because I could not figure out how to beat him asking for a book of game tips. I still remember sitting at my desk, just seething that I must have a broken game or something. No, it was just invisible platforms you had to jump on in order to get to his head and jump on it of course it was invisible platforms why not p.s my letter got returned for insufficient postage too for fuck's sakes that that little p.s is what made the fucking letter for me but dude i'm gonna rant about that in a minute when we get into the episode that t-rex is the single worst part of this entire game that 15 second fight against the t-rex in in stage four is the worst 15 seconds in this fucking video game we'll get into we'll get there we'll fucking get oh God, I hate that fucking T-Rex. If you've not seen it, I implore you, look up my Let's Play of Bart versus the Space Mutants on YouTube. And uh, it's youtube.com slash remember the game. And episode four is the museum. And I actually had to crop, like I don't edit a lot of my Let's Plays, but I actually had to crop it down into a montage of me dying because I got stuck for so long at that fucking T-Rex. I hate him so fucking much. Oh, Gary C wrote in and said, one of those games that everyone played just because of the Simpsons license. Otherwise, it would have been long since forgotten. Uh, I agree with that. Pretty much below average throughout. I got it bundled with my Amiga 500. The one thing I loved about the game was sticking a quarter into the phone and prank calling Mo. Otherwise, pretty shocking. And then he signed it alcoholic. And yeah, in the first episode, which will get or the first stage, you can call Mo's. And uh, they'll actually show like one of four or five like little prank calls at the bottom. And it's fucking, ugh. The first stage in that, I'll save it. I'll save it for the episode. The first stage in that game is fucking great. But I'll save it for the, I'll save it for the, the podcast. A couple more here. Angel Cortez wrote in and said, if I remember correctly, I believe this was my introduction to The Simpsons. I didn't know who Bart was or who The Simpsons were, but I was hooked. I first played it at a friend's house for hours and then it became my go-to rental game for a long time. I don't remember much from the game, but this podcast has me feeling ready to track down or has me feeling really itched to, to track down a Okay, fuck. It's not your guys' fault. You just word things differently than I would have worded it, and then I go to read it in the way that my brain reads ahead of my mouth. I don't remember much from the game, but this podcast has me feeling really itched to track a copy down. Thank you. Jesus. Sorry, Angel. Um, Yeah. Well, I don't know if this episode is going to make you want to track a copy down. I won't lie to you about that. I... (laughs) If it very well might not, but I hope you enjoy the, cause it's not going to be, it's not like I'm going to give it a nine. I'll warn you right now. I don't know what score I'm going to give it. It's not getting a fucking nine out of 10 or anything. I could fucking, pro- and I like this game, but I could promise you that Matthew D'Amico said, fuck this game, man. I <laughs> wait. Okay. So he said, fuck this game, man. Like fuck comma, not fuck this game, but like fuck this game. So wanted to 
Just wanted to set the tempo for Matthew here. Matthew said, I have a love-hate relationship with this title, mainly because it was so damn hard, but it was so much fun to play. I don't think I've ever seen more than 10% of this game because the controls sucked and it was just hard. It was fucking hard and the controls do fucking suck. The only reason I could beat this game is because I played it so fucking much as a kid because this was one of the like 10 games I owned. We've all been there. And then Lord Finish said, this game was absolute crap, but you played it and loved it because it was a Simpsons game and everything Simpsons was good. Kind of the same thing that was with Skate or Die. Shitty game, but you loved it because it was a skateboarding game. And that's exactly it, dude. And there's so many games from that era. Although I will say, I think this game is infinitely better than fucking Skate or Die. But you just, if there was a game that covered a genre you liked as a kid and you fucking played it, that's all there was to it. I didn't even care that it was good or bad. And some of them were good, like Batman for example, or fucking Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And some of them were awful, like fucking Skate or Die. And some people defended that game. I'll die on that hill. That game fucking sucks. And then some of them are in the middle, like Bart versus the Space Mutants, which is where I would put that. And it's time for us to talk Bart versus the Space Mutants. I'm going to queue up. Literally, there's only, so there's only the Simpsons theme, the main level theme, uh, the two that I'm, like the second one I'm about to play right now, and then the boss music. And the boss music is literally the same five seconds over and over and over again. So you're not getting that. You're just getting the Simpsons theme and the level theme, and that's it. So I'm going to queue up the level theme music right now. For certain levels, anyway. And when it stops, I'm going to rant about Bart versus the Space Mutants, which originally released in North America on the NES on April 25th, 1991. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone, like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac, and every 15 minutes on the clock, they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account, and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a CrashPlan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. All 
right, so I'm by myself this week, and this is, uh, I don't do, I think I've only done one or two. I did the Sonic movie reviews alone. I think I covered Ghostbusters on the NES alone, and now I'm doing Bart versus the Space Mutants alone. And I, admittedly, this is not because my guests suck or anything like that. I mean, Mark McHugh kind of sucks, but it's not because my guests suck. It's just because I just wasn't able to set up a, an interview with any of my friends in time to get this one recorded, and I don't like missing episodes. So if you like the sound of my voice, <laughs> you're in for a treat. And if you don't like the sound of my voice, well... This one, uh, you might be better off playing Bart versus the Space Mutants than listen to this episode because it's just me. Uh, so I've talked about this game on the podcast many, many, many times in the past. Never given it its own full episode, but I it, it comes up all the time. And the thing about this game is like, we all have these. Anyone that grew up in that, I would say maybe even up to the Nintendo 64 era, certainly the NES era, the Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis slash whatever you want to call it on the other side of the world. What is it? The fucking Mega Drive? don't like that name. I guess it's just because I'm so used to the Genesis. Either Okay, that's a different topic for a different day. It's, I digress. Uh, word of the day calendar. I digress. Everyone's got these crappy games that they just grew up liking. All right? And it's just because this was a game you had. And this was one... Dude, I used to trace pictures out of this instruction manual. I would fucking read the manual over and over and over again. I'm a million percent sure that the only reason my parents got me this game was probably because it was on sale. And they knew how obsessed I was with The Simpsons back in the day. And it's funny, one of the comments that you guys, and I apologize that I can't think of who said it, I'm recording this separately from when I recorded the intro, but one of you wrote in and said that like nobody would even know this game existed if it hadn't been for The Simpsons in the early 90s. Like, And you're probably right, if this had been the exact same game, but it had just been fucking Billy versus Mutants, nobody would have fucking played this game. But this was like one of the first big Simpsons video games, if I'm not mistaken, and I might be. But if I'm not mistaken, it was this and the Simpsons arcade game were like two of the first Simpsons games. And it's not like you were going to be buying the Simpsons arcade game for your fucking NES. So this was the one we all played. And I'm going to tell you all right now, listen, I don't think this is a great game. I don't know. I would, I, I think that to an extent I would go as far as to say it's a, okay, it's a good game. It's maybe not even, it's between meh and good. It's mud. It's a mud game. Um, but I think it does some things right. And one of the things that you guys have heard me talk about in the past about NES games that I'm very, I really am really, really fond of, even if the game fucking sucks, I respect games that at least try to show a little bit of ingenuity and creativity. And when I think of, I think of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES, which I don't think is a bad game at all. But the fact that practically every fucking Ninja Turtles game that has come out since that game is just a generic beat em up. They just are. Like, not all of them, but like 90% of them are. And, and the Simpsons, to their credit, like, they really tried to do something neat with this game, I think. And the thing about it is, because there's only five levels in the game, and we'll get into each of the five. I know this fucking game. I could talk about this game for days. Each of the five levels is a little bit different. They all have kind of a neat idea, but I feel like it's really only the first level and the fifth level, and maybe to a limited extent the third level. Uh, that get really like experimentive. Like the is that a real word? Experimentive? It seems like it'd be a real word. Uh, like the first. Okay, so okay, so like we'll just start from the start. I'm not used to doing these alone. I'm so used to having a guest. If you've never played Bart versus the Space Mutants, the the, the the game kicks off with the Simpsons sitting on their couch watching TV. And Homer, Marge, Lisa, and Maggie are all happy, like, cuddled up together watching the show. And Bart's off to the side looking angry because he hates the show. And then he looks out the window and he sees the UFO. And he's like, what the fuck? He doesn't actually say that. Although, like, there is a clip of him saying, like, eat my shorts. And it sounds like, so maybe he is saying, what the fuck? I don't know. 
Uh, but anyway, he goes out, he sees that there's aliens, and then his job, you basically just have to go through five levels of stopping these aliens. And what I love about this idea, to their credit, this is actually really funny, in my opinion, is that these aliens have decided they've built this, like, weapon or whatever that needs to be powered by one specific thing. And, and each of the five levels, they've changed what item will power their sh their weapon or their ship or whatever it is, because Bart has taken away the thing they needed in the previous level. So, like, in the first level... <laughs> which I, I still think this is the greatest thing. Their, their ship is power, their weapon is powered by purple colored objects. It, and I know it sounds stupid, but so then you start out and you're basically in downtown Springfield and you just go through Springfield and your only goal is to cover, uh, either hide purple colored items, collect purple colored items, or destroy purple colored items. You have to get rid of anything that's purple. And it tells you how many you've got to destroy. Say like, you know, 25 or fucking whatever the number is, it changes level by level. And that's all it is. And the first level of this game, I think is so creative because there are, there's, there's so many puzzles to solve. There's like, you can go into stores and buy items with the coins that you find. And there, there'll be, I mean, some things will be as simple as like a purple trash can. And one of the items you can pick up as you play is spray paint. And then you just spray paint the purple trash can red. And now the aliens don't want it anymore there can be stuff like purple birds and you have to like shoot firecrackers at them to scare them away so that the birds will fly away and then the fucking aliens can't pick them up to use them anymore you go by the old folks home the retirement castle and the blinds are down and the blinds are purple and if you shoot fireworks at them they'll open the blinds to see what's happening and now the blinds are gone and now you've gotten rid of that purple there's like purple colored lawn like toys and you go across a clothesline and you drop like sheets that are hanging on the clothesline onto the purple colored to uh, toys and you cover them up. Like there's all kinds of really creative ways. There's one where there's a, an awning that's purple and it says wet paint and there's a fire hydrant beside it and you can buy a wrench from one of the stores and then you go to the fire hydrant, unscrew the fire hydrant, it sprays water onto the awning, washes away the purple paint. Now it's not purple anymore. It really fucking creative level and like everything interacts with each other and there's tons of like little nods to the show. There's there's a part where Bart has to, he, you get a skateboard and Bart, he just moves. It's not the deepest. It's almost plays a little bit like the, the speed bikes and battle toads, but it's not nearly as difficult. But like Bart gets to skateboard. Jebediah Springfield is in this, like in this level, his statue. There's a bird on him that you have to scare off in the level. You can go into like Candy Most Dandy. There's like actual stores from the game downtown. Moe's exists. And if you pick up a coin, you can go to a payphone, call Moe. <laughs> You, it'll actually read off one of the crank calls. And there's four or five that they have loaded into the game. You read off these crank calls. Mo will come out to find out who called him. And he's wearing a purple um, apron. And then you can spray paint him and get rid of his purple apron. And now he's, that's one less thing that's gone. Like that first... Le Dude, I'm, if all five levels in this game were as deep and full of like little nods and jokes and stuff like that, I, I don't... This would be a really really good video game. I truly stand by. The controls aren't great. We'll get into the controls. I get all that. But that first level is so clever and so well done. And unfortunately, all the levels after that, by and large, we'll go through them all, but like some of the other levels turn into much more just linear, more like, then it, they almost become like a, a Mario game where you're just platforming and collecting coins, except you're collecting whatever it is the aliens are looking for, uh, except it handles like a bag of shit. Because the controls in this game are not good. Don't expect Mario level fucking controls. Like you jump with one button, you use your item with the other button, that's fine. If you hit them both at the same time, you'll do a super jump, but the super jump can be kind of hard to 
It's not an easy thing to stick. For some reason, when Bart lands, it's like you're always, you know when you play like a Mario game and you're in an ice world and Mario fucking slides all over the place? Bart kind of lands like that. And in the first level, it's really not that big a deal because you're just on a sidewalk walking through downtown Springfield. But like, even as, as early as level two where you're at the mall, there's some really precise platforming sections and Bart controls like a bag of shit. And I don't understand why it... It really just feels like they nailed the first level and then we're like, oh, fuck, we're at it. We took way too long on that. We still have to do four more levels and this game's due out in three weeks. Like, that's what it fucking feels like. So the controls don't work well, but in the first level, they do. Inventory management's kind of a pain in the ass, but I mean, you got to understand that was a product of the times back then. You had a controller with four buttons on it, right? Other than a D-pad, you had select, start, B, and A. So I understand that, you know, uh, moving through your inventory isn't always the easiest thing in the world. Uh, you can buy a ton of stuff in the first level. Some of it comes back to help you later in the game. Some of it never comes back to help you that I can tell. But the only way to really learn is for trial and error. So the the, the first, all you have to do is uh, you do have a time limit, but I don't think I've ever run out of time in this game ever. Uh, is you just go from left to right and you can go backwards if you want to in the first level and you just have to cover up purple items. But at the same time, not only are you trying to cover up purple items, you're trying to convince Homer, Marge, Lisa, and Maggie that this, the, the space mutants exist because they don't believe you right now. And one of the cool things that I love about this game, and I love it in all four levels, all five levels, is the way that the other members of the Simpsons family will help you. And the thing is, is none of them will help you to start. What you have to do is you can wear x-ray specs uh, and at any time you put on your x-ray specs and the, the screen kind of goes black and brown and gray, uh, but, as, but as citizens are walking by you, if you have Bart's x-ray specs on, you can see whether or not they're aliens in disguise or they're real people. And if they're real people and you jump on their heads, you take damage and you take two hits, you lose a life. But if they're aliens, you'll see the, like, when you put on the x-ray specs, they'll go from a normal-looking silhouette. Their head will go all fucking crazy like there's an alien in there. You jump on their heads, and an alien will be chased off, and you'll get a piece of evidence. And what you have to do is collect enough evidence to spell out whichever member of the Simpsons family is in that level's name. So in the first level, you have to spell Maggie, which is six letters. So you have to catch six pieces of evidence from jumping on these aliens and collecting the evidence. And if you do it, if you don't do it, it doesn't change the game really or anything. It's not like it ruins the game. Uh, but if you're able to spell out the member of your family's name with, with evidence, they'll help you fight the boss at the end of the level because you have to get rid of enough items in that level to, to, to trump the the alien's ultimate weapon, then you have to fight a boss. And so in the first level, by the time you reach the end of Springfield, if you haven't gotten enough purple items to, to trump their machine, then you have to go back and look for more items. I'm like, God, I love that first level. Fucking Barney's Bolorama is there. Just everything. Um, if you have gotten enough purple items when you reach the end of the level, then it queues up a boss fight. And in the first level, you fight Nelson. Uh, Nelson Muntz. And he's like whipping water balloons at you, I think is what it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he whips water balloons at you. It's been a long time since I played this fucking game. Uh, yeah, he whips water balloons at you, and then uh, you can like, and you have to like whip them back. Or what the fuck? Now I'm having a brain fart, and I don't remember how that first boss works. But either way, so he's there, and you're fighting Nelson. It's not a very hard fight, uh, but Maggie is there too, uh, and she she like rolls bowling balls uh, at him on top of the hill, but Maggie will only be there if you spelt out her name. So if you got enough evidence to spell out Maggie's name, now Maggie believes that the aliens are coming. She'll be there to help you fight Nelson because how better to stop aliens than to help you fight a bully. And so then she's rolling bowling balls that you can knock onto Nelson 
to do way more damage and kill them super fast. So it's it's very easy to spell their names in every level because you have so much time. You literally can just pace back and forth before the boss fight as people randomly walk through your screen and then just put on your x-ray specs, find when they're aliens, make sure you kill them, you get you spelled their name and then, you know, get enough evidence to spell out the Simpsons name, they'll help you. So the first level, fucking great. You go through downtown, you get rid of the purple items, Maggie helps you beat up Nelson. It's fucking awesome. Then it goes to this cutscene, and the cutscenes are surprisingly entertaining as well. I'm a little disappointed that the aliens aren't Kang and Kodos, but I'm wondering if this is maybe from a season before Kang and Kodos even existed. Sorry, when I go solo, I just need to drink a little bit more water. Um, but there are these two aliens that look like California raisins, kind of. <clears throat> so you beat the first level, and then it shows them back on the ship, and they're like, ah, oh, that kid ruined it. Okay, well, don't worry. We've modified our machine to take something else. Now it needs exit signs. And so they're like, go to Springfield Mall and get... Oh, no, it's not exit signs. It's hats. Sorry, pardon me. Episode 2, or stage 2, they need hats. So they're like, go to Springfield Mall and collect all the hats you can find. So then episode or stage two starts and you're at the mall. And this is where, to me, this, this second stage is such a giant step down from stage one because there's no creativity in this game. There's no going into their various stores in the mall. There's not really any problem solving. A lot of hats are just laying around and you just pick them up. You just touch them and you pick them up. Or the other thing you can do is as people walk by, whether they're aliens or not, if they're wearing a hat, you can jump and knock the hat off their head and collect it to get rid of another piece of evidence. And then if they're an alien, you can also jump on their head to kill them to get a piece of uh, of evidence that the aliens exist to prove to, in this case, it's Marge. Marge is the one that's going to help you at the end of stage two. But the level just isn't, it doesn't flow like the first one. It's not one big open area like the first one. You go up and down like three flights of like escalators, like to different floors, and there's no stores to go into or anything. You just go across the mall. All these weird things are fucking attacking you. Like there's jumping like marshmallows or something and like purses and shoes are fucking attacking you. You have to dodge these shoes. And there's a couple of little mini boss fights. And then the worst part in stage two is there's a couple of parts where you come across wet cement uh, in the in like the middle of the mall. And the only way to get across this fucking wet cement is to do these platforming jumps on like suckers, like lollipops that are spinning above the fucking wet cement. And so you literally have to like jump and the, the platforming in this game, as I mentioned at the top, is so bad. You have to land like so specifically on the sticks of the lollipop. And the lollipops, the ones that are spinning, have to be sideways for the stick to be sticking out horizontally for you to land on it. Otherwise, you fall right through. And even if you stick the landing and land on the fucking stick, if you're not careful, you'll slide right off the side. And it really expects you to use this AB double button super jump to go from one to another to another. But when you use that, when Bart lands, he slides a good two inches on the screen. So you actually have to jump onto the lollipop stick, then jump again and like bring yourself back to stick the landing. And it's really fucking it takes a lot of practice it's really difficult it's really frustrating it's not fun it plays like a bag of shit and it takes all the there aren't any holes you can fall into in the first level the first level is all about puzzle solving and figuring out how to get rid of these purple items so much fun the second level they were like let's just make this a platforming level because our platforming fucking sucks and like the only fun part about the mall is knocking hats off people's heads and collecting them to try to get rid of the stuff that the aliens need to run their ship but even that fucking wears itself out really quickly and it's a long fucking level this level fucking goes forever and there's so many weird like these weird fucking bad guys there's magic hats with rabbits jumping out of them and when the rabbit jumps up you can run under the rabbit pick up the magic hat that'll count as evidence 
or part of me as, as ammo for their machine, but the rabbit stays there. And again, you only get two hits, which can be really frustrating as well because you fuck up once and then it's, you're, you're like, you're going to die more from falling into fucking wet cement than you are from touching things. But even touching enemies, you have to run under these like jumping enemies and stuff like that. And it just handles so badly. It's like Bart takes a little bit of time to get moving. And then once he gets moving, he's fucking sliding all over the place. And I just, I actually would go as far as to say that it's, that level and level four, which we'll get to. Level four is the worst level in the game. Level two is the second worst level in the game. Like I could see how someone as a kid played level one until they got good enough and beat it, then got to level two and were like, well, this fucking sucks. And it does fucking suck. Um, I can't even think of anything else clever to tell you guys about level two. That's just, it's just, you're just collecting hats and running through the mall. It fucking, and jumping on those fucking, oh, those fucking wet cement jumps. They're so bad. I hate them. Oh, um, and then you also have to spell out Marge. Marge, Maggie helped you fight Nelson in level one. Marge will help you fight the babysitter bandit in level two. And I will say that for all the shit I throw at level two in this game, cause I think it fucking sucks. Dropping the babysitter bandit in is the fucking final boss for this level is awesome. That's a great fucking touch. And basically what happens is when you go to fight the babysitter bandit, uh, she's up on like a, a balcony on like a, a, a story of the mall above you. And she's throwing like suitcases at you, which I assume are full of stolen goods. Cause she's a bandit. Uh, and then when they hit the ground, you can jump on them to kick them back up in the air. But if Marge, if you collect enough evidence for Marge to believe you that the aliens exist and she comes to help you, she'll be up there in the balcony with the babysitter bandit and she'll be throwing like coins or something at her and she'll knock some of the babysitter bandit's briefcases out of her hand so she's not throwing as many at you. Because if she's not there, she's dropping them like crazy. But if Marge is there, then she's only dropping about one out of every two, one out of every three. So it's just much easier to navigate the screen and not, I just punched my microphone, and not accidentally run into fucking suitcases. So you jump in these suitcases, you kick them back with the babysitter bandit, you beat the babysitter bandit, you collected enough hats. That's the end of level two. Fucking sucks. Then you go to level three, which for my money, like one, three, and five are decent levels. Two and four are terrible. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, level three is Krusty Land. And this game has the most... Uh, level one is probably the most creative level three is kind of zany and fun though it's got the most mini games and stuff like that into it so you beat the babysitter bandit level two and then level three the two aliens are like ah this kid fucked us again all right well now we'll power it with balloons so go to the crusty land amusement park and get all the balloons that you can find and this one it's incredibly easy to get your balloons because they're fucking everywhere they're on top of all the tents they're floating around you've got your slingshot you can pick them off with it's just super easy to get uh you basically run from left to right again just like you do in the other levels. But what's really cool in this is this game, this episode is a lot, or I want to call the stages episodes. This stage is a lot like stage one in the sense of like, they really thought outside of the box and got a little bit creative with it and stuff like that. You start out on like the main fairgrounds, I guess you would, whatever you'd call it of uh, the tarmac or whatever of crusty land. And there's all these like games in the background and you can actually play the games and there's stuff like you can place a bet on what number of dice will stop on and if you get it right you'll get a prize i think it's usually like extra lives or more coins uh there's one where you have to pop balloons and make like a tic-tac-toe you know by popping balloons and, and stuff like that and it's you can actually cheat items you bought in the first level like you buy a magnet in level one at one of the stores uh if you have the magnet when you get to crusty land you'll win the dice game every time because he'll use the magnet to cheat which is fucking perfect 
Um, so you can beat all these mini games and not only do you pop balloons while you play the mini games, but you also get extra lives and stuff like that. And they're just really fun to play. So you do that, then you keep going. And then there's like a high dive thing where they tell you what times the high dive happens. And you can actually look at your clock at the bottom of your screen to keep an eye on the time. And you can climb all the way to the top of this thing and jump into this like tiny little pool and you can get stuff out of that. And it's, it's just, there's a whole bunch of like little, just those little mini creative things again that just change it up and keep it fun. And then about halfway through the crusty land level, you actually go into like a fun house um and the fun house kind of fucking sucks you have to do this like puzzle game where you have to open all these doors it's like i'm trying to think of like an example i mean everyone's probably played a game like this before you have like a three by three grid and if you you know turn on like the center light then the lights of the top bottom left and right of it turn off or vice like everything that's touching it from a horizontal or vertical angle will do the opposite of whatever you do to that button when you push it and you have to like close all the doors or open all the doors or whatever. i hope that makes sense it's a very classic standard type of like little puzzle. It's on a timer, but that one's fine. Then you have to climb this like giant Krusty the Clown head. And admittedly, that part kind of fucking sucks because if you fall, you you die. And it's again, relies on really fucking, anytime this game relies on platforming, it turns to shit. That's the point. Anytime this game turns to platforming, it turns to shit. Level one, there's no platforming. Level five, there's minimal platforming. Level three, you just have to get through Krusty's Fun House. If you get through there, then you're laughing. Because then there's also another part where you have to go across all these fucking steam whistles and they're blowing up steam and you have to like be floating over them while they're blowing up the steam to keep you in the air. And it can just be really difficult to fucking stick your landing because Bart moves so fucking inconsistently. And so this little segment fucking sucks. If you just get through the Fun House... The rest of the 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 crusty land level isn't too bad, but if, when you have to do the platforming, God fuck me, it sucks. At least it's creative, and they try to do something different with it. But fuck me, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time, every day. I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad, the ugly. I kind of keep that offline, and it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash remember the game. So then you get through that fun house, you play a little bit more on the concourse. I think there's a part where you have to climb on like a Ferris wheel and go over this big hole. And it kind of sucks, but it's not too bad as long as you don't move. Um, 
And then eventually you reach the, that's it. Like the second half isn't nearly as full as the first half, but that's okay. So then you get to the end of the the third level and Lisa is the one that you've been trying to convince her that the aliens exist. And so she's actually the easiest one because you only need four pieces of evidence because she's got the shortest name. And I do feel like this is actually the level with the fewest amount of people running through that you could jump on to get evidence. But so if you've got enough balloons to stop the aliens and you've managed to spell Lisa, you get to the final boss of Krusty Land and it is fucking sideshow bob who is the greatest villain in the history of the simpsons maybe in the history of television don't at me and i know there's some hank scorpio fans out there scorpio's fine but he's no sideshow bob uh so you have to fight sideshow bob and he's just trying to jump on you and all you have to do is jump on his giant feet but if you convince lisa to be there to help you lisa's above him on like a like a on like a trapeze like on a like swings like she's like a a trapeze whatever person she's up there doing like stunts and she's like dropping bowling balls and if she drops them on uh, Bob's head then he just sees stars from it and it doesn't move and it's really easy to jump on his feet he's not an e- he's not a, a hard boss but he's super easy if you've got Lisa there to help you he's a fucking walk in the park uh, and that's level three and I really want to say like it's it's level three the when you're doing the mini games and shit so much fun when you have to go into the fun house it's ironic that it's fun until the fun house then it turns to shit because then you have to rely on the shitty platforming fuck I hate it so you get through there, you go to level four, the worst level in the game. This level has stopped so many fucking playthroughs for me. We talked about it in the intro. If you've not watched my Let's Play videos of this game, I recommend at least looking up level episode four, which is the museum. This is the hardest level in the game. It fucking sucks. It's not well done. I hate everything about this fucking level. You go to the museum and the aliens have decided exit signs are their escape and they all are their, their, their ammo for their fucking ultimate weapon now. And they only need like six, like you it's collecting the exit signs in level four is easy. They're very easy to find. They're everywhere. The problem is the fucking level itself because it goes back to relying on fucking platforming and it isn't fun at all. There's so many of those like laser grids, like mission impossible style laser grids that you have to run Bart through. And if you touch one, it doesn't even trigger aliens or anything. It just fucking hurts you. And remember two hits and you die. And there's not a ton of checkpoints in this fucking game. So all the lives that you've been saving up through levels one, two, and three, prepare to fucking burn them on level four. Cause you got to dodge these fucking stupid laser beam alien things. The one cool thing about the museum level is that there's all these like trophy cases that have actual items in them. Like you can get dark guns out of them. You can get extra lives out of them. You can get coins out of them. Uh, you just go on them like jumping up and down on them a whole bunch and eventually the item comes out. And I did think that was kind of a neat touch, but it gets really tedious because there's not even any bad guys around to hurt you. You just have to keep hitting the fucking button until you break through the fucking cabinet to get these shitty items. Uh, but you have to collect the exit signs. You're dodging fucking everything. And then there's like, oh my God, there's, oh. This level gives me hives just fucking thinking about it. When you're in the actual museum where it looks like you're just walking through like a nice quiet hall in a museum, it sucks, but it's okay. But then it keeps dropping you to fucking exhibits. And one of the exhibits is like a fucking nature exhibit where all these fucking birds keep flying down from the roof trying to hit you and you have to jump across alligator noses or crocodile noses, whatever they are. They're in these like ponds. And so you'll land on one and again, it's like the fucking jumping on the lollipops in the mall. You got to stick your fucking landing because if you slide off the end, you're fucked. 
you'll fall into the water and you just lose a life. There's not even like losing a hit. You just lose your fucking life. So you have to land on these fucking crocodile noses while they're moving. And then they're slowly moving around in the water. And you have to jump from one to another to another. But sometimes they randomly drop down into the water and disappear. And then you just die. So the only way to know is fucking trial and error to know, okay, I know this crocodile is going to sink in a second. So I have to get onto the next one. There's no waiting for the perfect time to jump. you got to jump as soon as you can because they just keep fucking disappearing. And it just fucking sucks. And then you get across those fucking crocodiles. And then there's fucking monkeys that are throwing bananas or lemons or something at you from these fucking trees and these fucking spiders keep falling down from the fucking ceiling and then there's fucking staff from the museum there that just fucking suck and it's just they tried so hard it almost plays like Contra or something and it just fucking is ass because the controls just don't lend themselves it's this game feels like in the first world they were like we're gonna make this like clever kind of puzzle game you know, so the platforming won't matter as much because we're going to make the puzzles. And then after the first level, they were like, ah, that was too much work. Let's just make the rest of them platformers. But their fucking game handles like shit. So you get through that part. Then you have to go through this fucking part where, like, you're in, like, an ancient, like, tomb or something. And the fucking floor keeps falling out from underneath you. And so it, it basically gives you, like, a hint of, like, what tiles you need to land on. And you have to go, like... I don't know how to explain it exactly because it's only two dimensional. So it's just one plane of tiles, but like, say you have to land on the first tile. Now that tile is going to fall apart. You have to land on the third tile. Now you need to go back to the second tile. Now you need to jump ahead to the fifth tile. And it's so tedious and you've got to use these horrible fucking jumping controls. And if you miss a jump, Bart falls and it's not even like an instant death. If you fall through one of the tiles that disappeared, it's like a good three seconds of just like, and then you have to fucking wait for it to load up and then start again and it fucking sucks and it's so easy to miss one of those jumps not even because you did anything wrong but because Bart apparently has got fucking ice in the bottom of his shoes and he slides all over the fucking place so you have to get through this then you have to fight these guard dogs and this fucking mummy this level, this level is so long and it's just full of like three or four of these fucking platforming segments followed by shit bosses there's almost no emphasis on collecting the exit signs like I said I think you need six or something in other levels you need like 30 of the uh, of the whatever you're trying to collect of the balloons or the hats you need like six exit signs they're super easy to get the hard part is just surviving this fucking level and if you're thinking whoa man that fucking swamp part didn't sound like very much fun i promise you it isn't and if you're thinking wow that tomb jumping from raw platform to platform to platform doesn't sound like very much fun i promise you it isn't but neither of those are anything compared to the fucking tar sands or whatever the fuck it is you go back to like prehistoric times and there's like dinosaur fossils everywhere and you keep coming across these segments where you have to like ride dinosaur bones that are floating across tar across tar and it is so fucking slow and the platforming mechanics are so bad at least no, I can feel myself getting fired up and I don't want to. At least in like the mall level, when you have to jump from sucker to sucker to sucker, it's obvious. You're like, well, as long as I land on that flat stick sticking out of the, the, the actual lollipop or whatever it is itself, I'll be okay. I just got to make sure I stick the landing and get on that flat stick. When you get into this fucking dinosaur part, you can't even stand on the entire piece of the skeleton or the fossil you're standing on, only on certain parts. And you never know what parts you can fucking stand on. It's just trial and error. And it's so slow. Like you stick a jump and it can take five, six, seven seconds before it 
even floats ahead enough to give you a shot at the next jump. And then this is where my frustration starts to set in because I miss a jump and it's probably because your fucking controls suck. And now I have to wait for the load screen. Now I have to get back. Now I have to run across the fucking level to get back to the tar sands. Now I have to fucking make that first couple easy jumps and then just wait on these fucking bones when they float across. And you just start getting impatient. So then you start trying to go faster. And the faster you try to go, the more mistakes you fucking make. And then before you know it, it's game over and the aliens are taking over. And it's all because of these fucking stupid bones. I hate that part of the game so much. And then to top it all off, you're not even done when you get across the bones because finally you have to fight a T-Rex. And this is the worst part of the game. The single worst 15 seconds in this game. We mentioned it in the intro as well. You have to fight a mini boss and it's a fucking giant. I don't think it's actually a T-Rex. I don't know what the fuck kind of dinosaur it is. But you fight this fucking giant dinosaur. And all you need to do is jump on this dinosaur's head three times. But he's standing in the middle of like a, a hole. So you have to climb up the level on these platforms that you can't really see. Get high enough to basically you're like face to face with him. Then jump onto his head. Now the whole time you're trying to do that, you got to be careful you don't slide off these platforms and fall down that hole because there's no losing a piece of your health. If you fall, you have to start over because you died. Plus, he's spitting out like little fireballs or something at you. And if they hit you, you lose health as well. And if you're jumping while it hits you, it's just going to knock you into the hole and you're going to fucking die. And when you go to jump onto his head, you got to use that super jump. And there's no way to tell where you have to land. You have to land on such a specific little portion of this fucking dinosaur's head. And then when you hit him, it does the like... Like it makes the sound like you did damage and then you bounce back up in the air a little bit. Then you land and you don't always land on a part where you can stick. Even if you come down directly where you hit that dinosaur, you might jump up there and on your way up onto his head, it, 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 um, it triggers the collision effect of you doing damage. So it plays that like, and you bounce up in the air. Then you land exactly where it triggered that, but it doesn't, you just fall down and then you have to die and fucking start all over again. There's no indicate the amount of times my game has ended on that fucking dinosaur boss. And I think you only have to hit him like three times. I've hit him for the third time killed him but then it doesn't put me down on top you every time you jump on him you've got to hope that you land in a place that's safe to land it is just i can't do it justice by explaining it, it is the most infuriating fucking boss ah i hate it so fucking much it's just and it's not even that horribly designed of boss it's just the fucking mechanics of where you can land on this guy's head it is the fucking worst so when you hit him for the third time and you kill him then the screen just shifts forward and now you can jump onto his back, jump off of him and keep going. But like I, when I land every single time I fight that boss, I hit my attack. And then if my guy lands and does it, Bart lands and doesn't fall through him, I just let go of the controller for a second. And I'm like, okay, that's one. Cause now you have to jump back over onto the land, then do another high jump back up onto his head and you need to hit it three times or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, if you've played this game and you've gotten that far, you know exactly who I'm talking about. And I can't imagine there's a person on this fucking planet that will defend that boss fight. It is one of the worst boss fights in the history of video games. And he's not even the final boss. So then you finally get through him. You have to go through more of this fucking museum. And at this point, if you've gotten all the six... Oh yeah, plus you got to spell Homer. Because then you can get him to help you fight the final boss. But the thing is, is there's really very few security guards in this level and they're random as to whether or not they're going to be aliens because that's where you get your evidence from. So like I've beaten this level and not spelled Homer and I hardly ever not spell everybody, but I've beaten this level without spelling Homer before just because I didn't get enough security guards with fucking aliens on their head for me to kill to get the evidence to spell Homer. 
But if you do get to the end of the level and you beat that fucking dinosaur and everything, the final boss here is Dr. Marvin Monroe, which is a great character as well. I liked Monroe. I don't know what people hate on him for. And he basically is just like, there's a couple of windows in the back of the level and he'll show up and drop like little electrical shock things that'll run along the floor. Uh, and if Homer's there, he'll stop some of them. And all you have to do is jump on a Monroe a few times. It's not a very hard boss fight, actually. So much easier than that fucking dinosaur. If that dinosaur wasn't there, oh, I would give this game two more points on its final score just because that dinosaur isn't there. I hate him. So you get past all that. Homer helps you beat Dr. Marvin Monroe. And then they go back to the aliens again and they're like, all right, this is it. Like, we're losing. We can't do this anymore. And then they finally decide that uh, their ultimate weapon will be powered with nuclear rods, which for the first time makes sense. Purple items, hats, balloons, exit signs, and then nuclear rods. So the the rods, okay, I can get how that would power uh, a weapon. And for me, this is the second best level in the game. The final level of the game, you're at the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant, and you need to collect 20 rods or whatever the fuck it is. Um, And this level is, to me, very clever. It's a puzzle. There's five floors, there's there's certain certain sections of each floor that you can only get to via using the stairs or you can only get to uh with elevators like certain elevators will only take you to certain floors certain staircases will only go to certain floors you might see a section of like floor five that is behind a wall that you can only access by finding the staircase that'll get you there so it takes a it, it's a it, it'll test your patience um, but you basically have to explore all five of these levels to figure out how to get to every corner of the nuclear power plant to pick up all these nuclear rods. And there's aliens everywhere, and there is platforming involved, but I can't think, I don't think there's a single part of this game where, or, or this level where you'll fall through like a pit. The platforming is basically just climbing on like drums of nuclear waste and stuff and avoiding the aliens. But it's not like you'll fall and die, you'll just fall down to the floor. So expect to die a few times, but if you can beat level four, if you can get through that fucking dinosaur in the museum, you can beat level five. So that's really cool. What's really neat about it is that it's not just like the other levels where like you pick up the exit signs and they just count toward the count. These nuclear rods, you can actually only carry up to four nuclear rods at a time. So you might find five, six, seven of them. You can't carry more than four. And then you have to go down to the basement of the power plant and put them in this like stabilizer fucking chamber. I don't know how power plants work, but you have to put these nuclear rods in this fucking thing in the basement. And if you put them down there, then they come off the tally and you need to collect all of them and get them down there. And you might think, well, that's kind of tedious. You go, and it is, there's times where it can be so frustrating where like, say you're already carrying three rods. Then you finally figure out how to get to an area where there's two more rods, but you can't carry both. And you might forget how the fuck you got back there the next time you have to, you know what it, oh my God, that can be frustrating. Um, but fortunately what's really cool about this level to me is the entire Simpsons family is there to help you. They all are there and they, there's no collecting evidence anymore and they all help you, uh, in different ways. So like when you, anytime you come across Marge, who'll just show up at random times in the power plant. Anytime you find Marge, she'll take any nuclear rods you're carrying and take them to the basement for you. So if you've got three and you run across her, she'll take them and you can just keep looking and then it'll show an animation of her going down to the basement and putting the rods down there, which is fucking awesome. You can find boxes of donuts at the power plant and then anytime you use one, it summons Homer and he falls in from the sky and walks off eating the box of donuts, but he kills every alien that's on the screen. So that comes in really handy. There's like these, every, every of the, all of the five floors have like a security door that has a combination to it. And Lisa pops up somewhere on every floor and tells you what the combination of those doors are. You have to remember them, but she tells you like the the combination of this door is 27. So now I know I can get through that door once I find Lisa on this floor because she'll tell me what the combination is and I can get through and get the rods on the other side. That's really cool. And then Maggie is there. And I guess this is going to be a spoiler, but this game is like 30 years old. I'm going to spoil it. 
Uh, you've either beaten it or you're like, this game sucks. I'm not playing it anyway. Uh, Maggie is there and you keep seeing her. She didn't do anything. And I remember when I finally beat this game for the first time, I was like, what the fuck do you do, Maggie? And I had every rod but one and I could not find the last rod. And then finally it turns out Maggie has the last rod. You just have to, I think it's her soother. Uh, you just have to find her and then take her to the, then she'll go down to the basement, put in the last rod. There is no final boss. You just collected all the rods. You defeat the aliens for the last time. They fly away and leave. And that's the end of the game. There you go. That'll do it for this week's episode. No, I'm just kidding. So that's all five. Le- like, I know this game, like the back of my hand. I've played it so many fucking times. Uh, if you're ranking the five levels, to me, it goes level one is the best for sure. And then probably the power plant, then Krusty Land, then the mall, and then the museum. And I know I've said it a couple of times, but like, the first level of this game and the power plant in particular really screamed ingenuity. Like they came up with some really clever ideas. They weren't just bland platformers. They're super fun. And it really feels like they just ran out of time and were like, fuck, we just need to squish a few more levels in there because the middle, especially the mall and the museum, those levels just fucking suck. Um, but it was so much fun back then. I love that the entire Simpsons family is there. I used to know this fucking kid. Fuck was his name? Billy, I think he was a little older than me. But we used to just talk video games on the school bus sometimes when I was little. And I remember him, like, did anyone else have that fucking kid in school that made up shit about video games all the time? And you just believed them because we didn't have the internet and shit to look up whether or not something was true. And I remember Billy would always tell me about like, oh, well, if you do this and this, Grandpa will show up at the fucking power plant and Santa's little helper will show up at the power plant and Krusty will be there. None of it's fucking true. It's just the main Simpson family and Billy was a piece of shit. He's fucking, I don't know where he is anymore. I assume he's probably in prison. Because he probably lied to somebody about their taxes or something. So I remember that used to bother me. But I will say, like, I always one of my big attractions to this game as a kid was just seeing the whole family and seeing them how they would work with you. I always just got a kick out of seeing all the characters and having them pop up and help you, especially in the power plant level. I always thought that was just so neat. And I really think there was a clever idea for a game here. And the thing is, is like, dude, for the longest time, it feels like they just like they just took a random video game idea and then put the Simpsons on it. Bart versus the Space Mutants. Bart versus the World. Krusty's Funhouse. Bart's Nightmare. Virtual Bart. Insert, I mean, Crazy Taxi with Simpsons Road Rage. It just feels like they just kept taking the Simpsons and just dropping them into whatever fucking IP they wanted to do. And I don't think this was maybe the best use of it, but I don't think it's the worst. I think there's a decent fucking video game here. It's really, really what it comes down to is just the controls. If the controls weren't so bad, I would go as far as to say this is a good video game. I, I'm reading the reviews on the Wikipedia page right now. Four stars, 84% gives it a B, 92 out of 100. Um, yeah, and a lot of people are saying like the graphics are actually very cartoony. There's a ton of references to the show. There's some really clever ideas. It's just that in the middle, it kind of falls apart. That's and it does. That's and that's the problem with it. But. Uh, it's never going to be re-released. I don't know if there's anywhere you can play it legally these days. I, I can't imagine it'll ever be re-released. So just emulate it. Fuck off. Like, no one's making money off this fucking game anymore. And I don't even necessarily mean emulate it, because I don't even know if it's worth your time. But if you are a Simpsons fan, I, I we've talked about doing an episode of Expansion Pass where I actually rank the Simpsons games. And I don't think I've played all of them, but I have played most of them. I probably could do an episode where I rank Simpsons games, actually. Maybe, maybe if that's something you got. And like, honestly, if I was to rank Simpsons games, this would be in the top half. I mean, it's certainly not, you know, hit and run. It's not Road Rage. It's not the Simpsons game. I don't think I'd say it's as good as Bart's Nightmare. Uh, but it's not that bad. There's some really fucking cool ideas here. Um, yeah. I don't really know what else to... I'm by myself. I don't have anyone else to kick ideas off of or anything. This is it. 
So I know, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I finally blown my, I wanted to do an episode about this game for so long just because this game was so special to me and I played it so fucking much as a kid. I was so proud of the fact that I figured out how to beat this game as a child. What frustrates me, as I've said a hundred times, is that a couple levels are so clever and you got to figure out how to get, you know, the items you need to collect and then other levels just turn into like a really shitty fucking platforming game. Uh, yeah, look at one of these comments here. Uh, either due to lack of ideas or lack of time, the rest of Bart versus the Space Mutant doesn't quite live up to the promise or ambition of the first level. And that's exactly what it is. Although I will say that the fifth level does. But, but yeah, that's that's what this game comes down to. So... Uh, yeah, I'm going to score this thing and move on because I have nothing left to rant about. I, I, I literally think I've covered everything in this fucking game. Uh, God, I miss old school Simpsons. So how are we going to fucking score this thing? Hmm. I don't want to score it out of five. That fucking sucks. Um, all right. Well, you need like, I'm pretty sure you need like 35 hats. So we're just going to go with that. We'll go with, I'll score it out of 35. I, I have no fucking, there's no logic. Fuck off. I'm just saying out of 35. Uh, if I was scoring this thing out of 35, it would probably get around a 20. And the thing about it is like, if they had just hashed out what they were doing with the first level four more times, this game would be up around the 30 out of 35 mark. I really think it'd be a great game as it is. It's a passable game. No, you're going to get pissed off. I highly recommend you play it somewhere with save states because when you get to some of the platforming levels, you're going to miss a few times, start over. There's no continues. You have your extra lives. When you're out of lives, you're out of lives. And it can really be frustrating to have to play through the fucking first couple levels again, especially when you're trying to figure out how to beat that fucking T-Rex, where it could take 40, 45 minutes to get to that fucking T-Rex, just to have another shot at him. God, fuck, I hate that. If we ever do a worst bosses, I know we've done worse things, but like, oh, Rage Quit. We're doing Rage Quit on Expansion Pass tomorrow. I'm going to fucking put that in my notes right fucking now. Spoiler to everybody. Where is my Expansion Pass notes? Here. Here it is. Uh, Dinosaur in space mutants fuck i hate that dinosaur so much uh but anyway yeah i'd probably go around a 20 out of 35 not the worst simpsons game not the best it's right in the middle uh great idea though and i love the cover art dude i'm looking at the box art to this right now if you've never seen the box art of this look it up it's like bart in the sky spray painting with his fucking x-ray specs on homer's holding on to a ufo that's dropping aliens on mo marge is down there with santa's little helper lisa's spraying principal skinner with a fire hydrant apu is there for some reason even though he's not in the fucking game maggie's just waving there's a nuclear inspector sitting on homer's roof with a megaphone yelling at bart for some fucking reason it's I love I love the bar I love the box work to this. This game is so much better than Bar vs. the World, which we're gonna cover at some point too. This is a better version of Bar vs. the World. I fucking I don't know if I'd say I hate that game, but I don't like that game very much. But anyway, that'll do it. 20 out of 35. That'll do this episode. Now I'm gonna play uh some old school. It's gonna be the original Simpsons track again, because there's not a lot of music in this fucking game. And uh then in a second, I'll thank myself for joining me this week, and uh we'll wrap this episode up. So thanks everybody.
And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Me. Thank you so much for giving me a call. And talk. I didn't have a guest this week, so I guess I got to thank myself. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to thank myself. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank each and every one of you. You, listeners, you're the purple items that I need to find in the first stage of my life. Well, I'm also calling Mo and jumping on people's heads. And that won't make sense unless you've heard the podcast, but it should make sense now if I reference those things in the podcast. Either way, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the support. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, if you're digging what we're doing, if you want more of this, consider signing up on Patreon. It's only $2 for the entire month, and you get an extra podcast every Thursday and every Friday. So you get three episodes a week. No commercials or anything either. It's fucking huge. Uh, I will say though, if you're hearing this and the date still starts with September, if it's the 29th or the 30th, I implore you just wait until October 1st. Cause I don't want to see anyone. I know some people sign up near the end of the month and they're like, it's fine, man. I really like your show. Keep the extra two bucks. I appreciate that. But just keep in mind, that's all that you're going to get charged twice and I can't really stop it. So just wait until October 1st. Our Patreon poll will be going live this week. And anyone that's on our Patreon as of October, the beginning of October in those first few days, anyway, you can vote. I, in my head, that sounded better than it fucking did. I'm not going to plug it anymore. I plug it every week. You guys know. It's growing like a weed. We're like just on the cusp of 400 Patreons, which is fucking... Almost makes me want to cry. It's fucking incredible. So thank you all so much. Thank you for the support. I'll be back tomorrow with Expansion Pass, where we'll talk about games that made us rage quit. I'll be back on Friday with Game Patch, where we talk about all the biggest news in the world of video games. And I'll be back next week with episode 168 of Remember the Game, which is probably going to be the Tomb Raider episode but I said that about this week and then we just weren't able to make it line up but I think this I think we'll be able to make it line up this time so I, it'll be about some game I don't fucking I don't know what do you want yeah what 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 do you want thanks everybody for listening I will talk to you all again soon you're the best clean your controllers wash your hands be safe cheers Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. So I would like to take a moment to thank everyone that has supported us at patreon.com slash remember the game. And holy fuck, this list is getting long. Here we go. Get comfortable, everybody. Here we go. A huge thank you to Dave, Makeshift Mallow Money, Todd, Joe Buck, Ben Drinkin, Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Freezer Burnt, Tyler, Michael Mathis, Fake McHugh, Josh from Press Start to Join, Jeffrey Mathis, Shaley, Keegs in his Stupid Arrow Handle, Jin and Chris, James Clark, Sean Razine, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Joe Gillespie, Nathan Warzica, Ashley Cronenbitter, Ben Bullia, Slick Rick, Evan Refuse, Doug Dorn, Chris Fleury, Josh Morgan, Charlie Madero, Scott V, Rex Sheldon, Andrew Wright, Gary C, Divalk, Luca Reskino, Kate Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Joe Mack, Desert Tortoise, Jordan, Duow, Kevin Hufford, Jason Cortez, The Good Enough Gamer, Fraser Burns, Brian McKay, Alex Martinez, April Singh, Nick Sills, Vladstein, Kyle Paul, Mark 209, Lil Bunny Foo Foo 89, Matt Brown, Ben Boucher, Angry Ticks, Aaron Cuphall, Dan T, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Mackenzie Wheeler, Brandon O'Brien, Chris Campbell, Chuck Schlarp, Wyman Brooks, Yamcha, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Adam Chirello, Dario Omen, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Miklos Blackshaw, The T-Word, Michael Haig, Mr. Nick, Matt McLean, Brian Ransom, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, White Burrow, Chris Knife 007, Nathan Tremblay, Mark Jones, A-Town, Andre SJA Flash, Brian Medeiros, Tom Kite, Danny Vega, David Ray, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Ryan Yeager, John Quack, Zane Donovan, Adam J, S2S, Jer Bear, Arpad Botos, Ryan Kinchin, Tommy Reynolds, Defunct, Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell, Brian Bayshore, 
Retro Ghosty Ghost, Xwater, Vincent L, Very Cool Dude, Jay Clutch, Starl Probin, Tim Riel, The Giraffe, Jared, PB McFadden, G9PSX, Tim L, Dominic S. Thompson, Martin Greenwood, David Schnatterer, Wolverine Foot Films, Peebs, Silver Grunion, Mr. Satan, Raging Demon, Poops Loomis, 8-Bit Bovey, Pat Duddy, MPG and Buffalo, James Anderson, Amy Gillen, Dana Wuchral, That One Kid Nick, Potato Bob Guy, Mad Shibs, Mercury869, Derek Jane, Rodrigo Tamazi, Kelly, Jesse Clark, Pi Messiah, The Honest Pokemon Trainer, Brocken Newcomb, Zootroy, Mfelf, A Novel Console, Kfabe5150, Example Text, AJ Jones, JB Retromania, Ferdy Martinez, Troy Kzuniak, Brendan Hine, Boognish, Wolfgang Darren, Ninja Lunchbox 79, Mr. Me Seeks 0406, Derpimus Prime, Seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Retro Bismol, Andy Hudson, John Byrne 86, Paul Buller, Joshua Davis, Stefan Fukasawa, Thor the Hammered, Kinslayer, Rogue Agent, Jafar. There's still 200 more of these. Mick, thank you. Mick Jr., Mega Man 2 OG, Good A, Goth C, Dane, Aaron Baker, Lord Finish, K Jam, Chris Coplian, Spencer C. Weiss, Mandingo 2021, The Saturnian, Cody Poland, JMC, Logan Hale, Doogie, Matt McLean, Pizza Power, Super Nintendo Dudes, Nathan Freak, Mike Burks, Trevor Sevenoaks, Ryan McCown, Kerry Waka Waka, Fob, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic K21. Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlanc, Raul Aguiar, I Worked at Subway, David Phillips, Corey Street, Gary Heather, Carmichael Nicholas, Squints, John DeJazzo, Tense Sparkster, Omega 88, Swedish Fish, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Tim Chombo, Chowdy Laudy, Joseph Gonzalez, Dan Wagner, Daniel McKee, Candido, K-Cuz, Guest House Productions, Bones02, S2Von5000, Titan420, Jose E. Marco, Seth Mayfield, Tom Calvert, Chris Freeman, Kyle Bolton, Scarlett, Zonko504, Lee Sparks, A Sharp J, Oprah's Iron Fist, Tom Maya, Adam Ferrer, Russell Aldridge, Chris Dory, Classic Crusade, Big G, Shannon Willis, Scott Roseberry, Karth from KOTOR, Sean Radford, Chance McCoy, Josh Valentini, Hammond Egger, Ronnie Sachs, PK, Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watts, Dale Baker, Joe Kirby, Captain N, Owen the Game Furchuck, Super Dave, Plucky Beast, Matthew Day, Broken Spoilers, Harmonies David, Game Nomad Misi, Tristan, Jerry Robinson, Emily Luna, Kenneth Michael Brown, Leigh Evans, Daniel Stidham, Darth Obvious, Mark or Master Boy, Leon Napscog, Trapper Keeper 1000, Daniel, Astro Alpica, Rob Strothman, Ryan Groinus, Kaiser Dragon, Pee Pee Poo Poo Cuckoo Pants, Kyle Dodd, Jared Boschlian, Stu, <laughs> Stu Bergerick, Eden Awaits 1981, Tunable Power, Barrow, 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 I don't know, The Gray, Beater, <laughs> the gray Bearded One, Dan Taylor, Swanny, Hayes87, Lukey Mull, Danny Proudfoot, John Woodruff, Angel Cortez, Dusty Salad, Chris Meisner, Randy Barridge, Neo Nevis, Andy Spilling, Brian Spritzer, Michael Clark, Chalupa Cabra, Thomas Simmons, Sean Barrett, Byron, Rocker Dude, Saskatchewan River Pirate, What Great Gaming, Mikey NL83, I Am the Mutt, Juga, Brian Sherborne, Joseph Champity. Oh God, I'm sorry, I suck at this. Just a Fish, Adam Stank, Generic Shilling, Nope Q, Beth, Rob Kingsley. Benny MB, Shadow Annex 626, Vomit the Soul, Strife 89, Thermopolis, Paul Rakowski, Liam, Mike, or Mika Avil, Chris Daniels, Gareth Dunn, Matt Denzalo, Evan, King 
Caruso64, Davy Boy, Michael Bayshore, Eric Chavinius, Matthew and Jules Forever, Holmes, Ryan Gibbons, Dan S., Adam Goldstein, Beagle the Butch, Austin Oresti, Matt High, Nemo Sandoval, Matthew Centrone, Grim Reaper, Hostile Badger, Thomas Hansen, Zach Shepard, Stefan, Andy Cunningham, Black Silver, Bill Mumphrey's, Billy Mumphrey's Downfall, Rico Argentieri, Brian W., Chris Dickin, Jungle Dumpster, Jay Hampton, Alicia Oda, Rage Mo, Thomas G., Man of Few Words, Hans Gruber, Dylan Flora, Max Jack- Jackson M., Joseph Oblivion, Craig Sutherland, Rob Sirino, Pat Myaz, Matthew... D'Amico and Daja 1K12. If I fucked your name up in there, consider it a badge of honor because I suck at this. Holy fuck. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to thank everybody. I'll keep thanking everybody. We'll see. When we hit a thousand, if we hit a thousand, maybe we'll see about it. Holy cow. I got to go drink some water. Thanks for the support, everybody. I'll talk to you again next week. Cheers. Cheers.